Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I'm so excited that you're joining us for episode three, and I'm hoping you did your homework. Last week, you were supposed to do some reflection and think about who's in your inner court and your outer court so you can spend the most time with people who draw you closer home to yourself. Now let's get to our topic for today, self-care, soul care, and community care. A large reason why we often end up separated from ourselves, disconnected from ourselves, is a result of self-neglect. We think about child abuse, and one of the forms of child abuse is neglect, but we have to also be honest about the ways in which we have neglected ourselves physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. We can often get people to support us if we complain about the way others have neglected us. If you describe your family, if you had a family that didn't support you, didn't show up for you, then people will rally around you and say, that was not right. You should have had more support. If you have someone who is a so-called friend and you're starting a new initiative, a new job, trying to pursue your purpose, you often will pay attention and comment on the real friends who showed up for your launch, who celebrated you, who said, you know, that's amazing. Then you would say, that's a good friend. And if you have friends who are jealous or who are envious or those who say nothing at all, then you would complain about them likely and other people would say, oh, you're right, that's not your friend. Likewise, when we think about romantic relationships, many of us have been in relationships with people who have held us down, had our back and been supportive, but we have also had many relationships, sometimes the majority or all of our relationships where it was one-sided, where we were doing all kinds of contortions to try to be enough for the other person, trying to meet their needs, but our own needs were not met. And if you talked about the relationship with anybody who cared about you, they would say, oh, that's not right. You know, that person, they're, they're not providing for you. They're not caring about you. This is not a good relationship. Well, the same way your friends would support you about how other people treat you, I want to say on today that we have to be honest about the ways we have neglected ourselves, the ways we have participated in our own decline the ways that we have not honored our needs, our emotions, our dreams, our capacity, the ways in which we have sold ourselves short and minimized our possibility as a result of putting ourselves on the back burner. And we can have all kinds of reasons to justify our self-neglect. It can be, well, I was looking out for other people, or I needed to pay these bills, 
or I believe in community service and oh, I'm an activist and all of these things which uh, sound wonderful, but it is harmful to yourself. You become a hazard to yourself when you neglect yourself. There was a song that will be before the time of many of you, self-destruction, you're headed for self-destruction. And we have to say, what are the ways that I have sat on my own wings? What are the ways that I have minimized my voice and silenced myself to be in environments where I was looking for approval, validation, attention from people who required me to be something I am not and I signed up for it. And even as I saw what was happening, I remained in that circumstance. And so in this season, in order for you to heal and come home to yourself, it is going to require, first of all, making self-care a priority. Now, I want to tell you, because I know from my tradition, both African-American and as a Christian, that some people, as soon as they hear self-care, they say, oh, you're being selfish. And it's not right to be selfish. <laughs> being selfish is a sin. Oh, my Lord, you're just supposed to give up yourself for everybody else. Well, I want you to know that scriptures teach that our bodies are temples. It says that we are to love others the way we love ourselves. And that is the problem. As many of us will love God, will try to love on other people, but do not love ourselves. Do not value, celebrate, and honor ourselves. I want to tell you an interesting thing. When we do research on self-esteem, uh, African Americans often rate very high. But a part of that is cultural because we are raised to not show our weakness. So if somebody asks you on a measure, do you feel low about yourself? We would say, absolutely not. I'm amazing. I'm fantastic. I'm a winner. I'm an overcomer. I'm a survivor. So we have all of these uh, great affirmations that we say. But I want to offer to you the truth about how you feel about yourself is revealed in how you treat yourself. It's not a matter of you telling me, oh, I love myself. I don't want to know if you say you love yourself. I want to know how many hours of sleep you got last night. I want to know what you've eaten for the last three days. I want to know what your dating relationships look like. I want to know this person who you're calling your best friend, how you feel in their presence. I want to know what you're doing to cultivate your gifts, what you're doing to feed your mind and your spirit. When I look at your actions, I have a better sense about your self-love. And so I encourage you now to take sacred pause and say to yourself, what is the truth that is revealed by how I treat me? What is the truth that I am revealing in the ways that I honor or dishonor myself? And if we are honest, most of us listening will say, I need to work on loving myself more. I need to work on prioritizing myself. And that is not selfish. It is honoring the sacredness of your life. You are a sacred, precious 
soul that is worthy, deserving of care, of rest, of love, of nurturance. And before we look at does anybody else believe it, the question is, do you believe it? That you are made in the image and likeness of the creator of the universe. And if I really believed that, I would act differently. If I really believed my divine identity, if I really believed how sacred I am, it would shift, S-H-I-F-T, and change a lot of things because some things would be intolerable, would be unacceptable, would not even be a point for me to wrestle. Or Some things you're deliberating about, if you loved yourself, would be an easy choice. My God. <laughs> oh, if you loved you, some of this stuff, you've been going back and forth and you asking different people, girl, what you think? What you think? What do you think? What You would know what the answer is if you loved you. So self-care is tending to yourself holistically, tending to yourself uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And so uh, what have you done for you lately? What have you done for you? I'm not talking about, has anybody called you? Is anybody looking out for you? What have you done for you lately? And our self-neglect causes us to disconnect. And that is why we are not at home in our own skin. Why we are not at home in our own bodies. Why we are not at home with our emotions is because I keep so busy. I keep so busy and I keep so distracted that I can't even be still with me. Because if I was still with me, I would have to face some truths that I'd rather not know. And so, it's a divine setup that you signed up for this podcast. It is a sacred, sacred setup for you to tell yourself the truth about how many weeks, how many months, how many years has it been since you looked out for you. How many weeks, how many months, how many years have you been neglecting you? And as soon as you decide, I am worthy of care. I am worthy of my own love. I am worthy to be acceptable to me. Then a whole lot of things will start to line up or fall away. It will line up with your true identity or it will fall away and either one is fine. Because anything that cannot affirm and align with your value, it needs to fall away. And so you can release it. So when we think about taking care of ourselves on all different levels, you can think about uh, how you eat. You can think about exercise. Uh, you can think about your doctor's visits. Have, are you waiting until you get sick and in denial about your health? Now, I'm not dealing with uh, lack of insurance and those uh, systemic barriers because we're going to deal with that in another episode. But if you have access to see a doctor and you do not go, that is a part of self-care. 
that is a part of self-care. Not only physically, uh, but sometimes we will do things to uh, care for ourselves. When we talk about people doing their hair or doing their nails or uh, changing their wardrobe to reflect and affirm their identity. Now, this isn't in a superficial way or materialistic way, but the reality is when I take care of me, I feel better. I carry myself better. I walk with more clarity and confidence in my worth and my value. And so when I let myself go, this isn't about other people. People will often give you these speeches about, oh, if you start dating somebody, you know, don't, uh, you got to keep, keep doing your hair. <laughs> you know, they give you all this stuff for your partner. I'm talking about for you. For you, you're worthy of a bubble bath. Go ahead. I had a client who was depressed, and along with the depression, um, he wasn't bathing. And so, you know, what I said to him is something about uh, behavioral psychology. So behavioral psychology is when I don't wait for my thinking or my emotions to change. I change my behavior. And by they call it acting as if. So if I did love myself, would I take a bath? <laughs> so even though I don't yet fully love myself, I'm going to go ahead and get in the shower. So I said to him, before you come next week, I want you to take a shower for you. And instead of waiting until the depression lifts, as I start to do things for me, I will have some relief. So it isn't, well, once I'm whole and once I'm healed and once I lose a million pounds and, you know, we put all of these um, conditions on our care and on our worth. Can you love you in the state you're in now? Hmm. Can you love you in the state that you are in right now? So it's not once you get the degree, it's not once you're in a relationship, it's not once you get a better job, it's right now where I am, I'm deserving of care. So taking care of yourself in that way is important, as well as emotionally. So emotionally, self-care can be uh, shedding toxic habits and toxic relationships things that um, are distressing. So some of us are anxious um, for things that, about things that are in our control. What do I mean by that? So there are events that happen that are beyond your control, and that is the, that is the truth, right? You can't control other people, and some people will do things that, are, that stress you out. Uh, your family, your coworkers, uh, amen for your supervisor. All of those people can stress you out. And, you know, in, in future podcasts, we'll talk about how to handle that. But I want to offer to you that some of us create stress for ourselves. Some of us, and I'm saying us, I'm included, will spread ourselves too thin. You sign up for too much and now you're stressed out. You say yes when you want to say no, and now you're stressed out. You continue to go places where you know the people are not going to treat you nicely, and, and you're going again. And here's the thing. You're going, and then you want to act outraged and surprised that they keep being themselves. You knew they were going to say something smart to you because every time you see them, they say something out of order. 
right? So now I have to make some decisions. Uh, I can't control them, but I can control me. I can make some decisions about how much access I give certain people or circumstances to my time. I make some decisions about uh, my energy, my effort. Time is valuable. Time is so valuable. So you want to think about ways you can reorder uh, your life that can decrease your stress. The part of it that you have control over. What are some changes that you can make that can decrease your stress, even if it is recognizing people are who they are? So I'm no longer going to be stressed out about people being the same way they have been all this time. As long as I've been knowing them, that's who they've been. So I'm going to be stressed out about who they are? No, no, no. I'm going to recognize whether I like it or not is not the question. It is just the truth of how they choose to show up in the planet. Okay? So emotionally, uh, we make some decisions around self-care and going after things that nourish us. Uh, doing your hobbies, we talked about that. Things that feed your spirit are a form of self-care. Uh, but even deeper than self-care uh, in the physical or the psychological is also soul care. Soul care on a deep, deep level. You are, in essence, a spirit. You have a soul. And there are things that edify that, that cultivate that, that allow you to soar. I have a spoken word piece and a part of it I say, um, what are you doing on your knees with wings? How ludicrous is it for you to be crawling around dragging wings? Why walk when you can fly? Why walk when you can fly? Why walk when you can fly? And so it is your soul that has the capacity of taking flight. You have spiritual gifts that you came to the planet with. And a part of what you have been neglecting is not only your body, your heart, your mind, but your soul and your capacity. I mean, can I tell you on today, you're too gifted to be bored? Um, you shouldn't have a bored day in your life with all of those gifts you have. Are you serious? Serious? Are you serious? If you are bored, it's because you have let your gifts fall asleep. They're dormant. Wake them up. Wake them up. In our faith tradition, we would say stir up the gifts. Stir up your gifts. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, we would say activate, right? Uh, activate all those dormant gifts in you, all that spiritual power you have, and you're bored. Hmm. Well, when I start doing soul care, then I tend to who I am on the inside. When I start doing soul care, I start walking in my authority, my spiritual authority. I start utilizing my gifts. I start utilizing my discernment. And anyone who's listening and you don't know anything about spiritual gifts and wondering what that means, the beautiful gift of Google. <laughs> Google will help you out. Uh, there are even inventories you can take online uh, to discover your spiritual gifts. So start tending to your soul. Let me say this on, on this topic. You cannot 
consistently do soul care if you are in an environment that is attacking your soul. What does that mean? There are places that we go to feed our spirits, and some people will refer to church hurt, or even if you say you're not religious, you're spiritual, and you're a part of a yoga or meditation community where there is hierarchy, where there are cliques, where you are body shamed, how are you going to feed your soul in the same place that's trying to kill your soul? So uh, you have to become selective about that and recognizing who the ways in which I need to awaken, care for, cultivate my soul. So we have self-care, we have soul care, and just before we get to community care, I want to say this. When I first started doing workshops on self-care, I would go around and you all, I would spend like the whole hour, 90 minutes, listing all the different ways you can take care of yourself. There are a million. You can come up with 101. If you look up, you know, activities for self-care, it'll tell you walking in nature, blowing bubbles, playing with kids. There are all these beautiful things you can do, cooking a healthy meal, spending time with friends and family. Okay, so I used to spend the whole workshop on that. And then uh, it came to me, the issue is not that people don't know what to do to take care of themselves. So phase two was, I was reading this book um, that was written by a chaplain for uh, sports teams. And I, uh, the chaplain says that one day uh, after he had the, uh, a meeting, like a prayer meeting with the team, one of the athletes came up to him and said, uh, Chaplain, um, I really want you to pray for me around time management because I really, really, really want to pray, um, but I never have time. And the chaplain said, you don't have a time management problem. You have an appetite problem. Whatever you have an appetite for, you make time for. My goodness. You all know everyone talks about work-life balance and work-life balance. Can I tell you, if you're really hungry, you're going to find a drive-thru. You're going to find something, right? You're going you're gonna, to, if you're really hungry and you have the money, some of you, even if you don't have the money, you're going to find some place where you can eat something. So when I have an appetite, for feeding my spirit, then I will make a priority. I will protect the time for me. I will not give that time away. When people suddenly, the time I was supposed to do something for me and they want that time, I'm not gonna just say, okay, I'm gonna protect the time. Well, so phase one was when I thought people don't know what to do. Phase two was thinking it was about time management. Now here's phase three, and you would think I would have started with this as a psychologist or as a minister, but it took me three phases, so here we are. I finally realized one of the main reasons we don't care for ourselves is that we don't believe we're worthy. We don't. Why do I say that? The people who I believe deserve care, I give it to them. I believe my children deserve care, I give it to them. You believe your partner deserves care, you give it to them. You believe your friends are worthy, you give it to them. Uh, you believe your job is worthy, or at least for the paycheck is worthy, so you give it to them. When this comes full circle to that issue of love, 
When I really love, cherish, honor, accept, value me, then I will do more to take care of, to nourish, to celebrate, to feed me. When I have uh, worked uh, with clients, and some of you have, may have seen, I did uh, the show Chat Loves Michelle on OWN uh, last year. And one of the assignments I gave them, for those who didn't see it, it was about premarital counseling. And one of the homework assignments I gave them was to write vows to themselves. Many of us are uh, looking to make vows to another person or trying to honor the vows you have already made to a person. But what you want to do this week, and we're not at the end yet, but I'm going to tell you your homework, is to write some vows to yourself. So to give you an idea, you know, usually when people are getting married in a traditional wedding, uh, they'll say things like, um, do you promise to honor and cherish them for better or for worse, for sickness and in health? Um, for richer or for poorer, till death do you part, right? So could you say to yourself, I vow to honor me for better or for worse when I get it right and when I mess up, for richer or for poorer when I get the job and when I get fired, I'm still going to love me, in sickness and in health, in sickness and in health, so whether I'm dealing with bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, diabetes, lupus, cancer, whatever it is, whatever the condition of my mind and my body, I'm going to love me. Oh, can I promise, can I vow to myself, make a sacred vow to care for myself, to give myself rest? Hmm. Can I vow that when I am being dishonored, I will not participate or be silent or stay in toxic circumstances. Can I honor myself? So this week you're going to write those vows. Now I talked about self-care. I talked about soul care. And the third one is community care. So community psychologists and social psychologists, uh, liberation psychologists, have talked about how this notion of self-care um, it's very limited, and it puts the blame or the responsibility on people when we really are to be a collective. Um, you know, to, to tell a single mother of three, you just need to take care of yourself, and nobody's offering to babysit, nobody's offering to take the son to get a haircut, uh, that it's unfair. It's unfair. So uh, they talk about, we talk about, notions of community care. What are ways that we can better care for each other? And I want to offer to you, for me, it is not an either or. Why do I say that? Some people will say it's not self-care, it's community care. Well, one, if you wait for the community to take care of you, maybe for some of you, that's what you've been doing. You keep waiting for the community to take care of you and nothing is happening. So it is uh, recognizing and cultivating healthy relationships and uh, community connection and community support. And it's also uh, 
saying the things that are in my capacity to do, I'm going to do them. I am not going to wait for other people to give me a permission to nourish myself while I will also seek out community that will help to nourish and nurture me. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you can create that community. And I want to say to some of you who say, I don't have that. Some of us, not everybody, but some of us need to learn how to receive. Because if you think back, there may have been some times where people were willing to help you and either you didn't want to seem weak or you didn't want them to know you needed it or for what, or ego and pride uh, will keep us from accepting the support. Okay, I'm going to tell you all a ridiculous story about me. I was going to present at this conference, um, a women's professional conference downtown LA in this really fancy hotel. And uh, right before uh, it's time, almost time for me to leave my house, I get a call from the sitter saying she can't make it. So my daughter was in school, but my son was a baby. And, you know, I feel like it's too late for me to cancel. So uh, I take my son, put him in, he's a baby, put him in a car seat, and we're driving up to the hotel. We get to this fancy LA downtown hotel, it's only valet parking. Pull up to valet parking and I look in the rear view mirror and look at my son, who now he's six and he was a baby. And I'm like, okay, boo, <laughs> it's me and you. So I take him out of the car seat, I have my laptop for my little PowerPoint, I go into the hotel, and I'm uh, the keynote. So this uh, ballroom is full, right? The ballroom is full. Another mother who I do not know comes up to me and says, oh, do you want me to hold your baby? And I said, no, I got it. Can I tell you all, I stood up there and did that whole one hour presentation holding my son. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, I got it. No, I don't have it. Right? No, I don't have it. And so it was like, I didn't even think about it before the words could completely get out of her mouth. I was already like, no, I'm not going, you know, I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm superwoman. I'm good. I will tell you the funny thing about that. One, one of the moms came up to me afterwards and says, oh, I wish I knew we could bring our kids. I would have brought mine. And then the other hilarious thing, the conference was on professional women. Someone took a photograph of my son and I up there, and we were matching. My favorite color is orange. So I had on orange, and he had on orange. And for next year's conference, they put us on the cover. <laughs> of the conference program for professional women. But what was it in me where I could not receive sisterhood, where I could not receive help? So while it is true, you may have a lot of people who have let you down and you may not have a lot in your circle, uh, but I want to offer to you when the help shows up, when someone wants to be a friend, when someone asks, do you need anything? Is there anything I can do? To not be so quick to say, I got it. To not be so quick to want to present yourself as a superhero uh, so that we can really receive care and give care. And I will offer also for us being in the community, 
when you see somebody else who's struggling. And, and here's the thing I want to tell you. Look in the eyes. Don't look at the outfit and don't look at the smile because many of us are raised, are taught to present ourselves as good. But when you look in the eyes, you will see sometimes all is not well. And when you see that, it's not to put people on blast, um, but to offer. And sometimes not even saying, what do you need? Because some people don't know what they need. Just volunteer. Just volunteer or just give them a little gift card. Or if they are someone who's comfortable with physical contact, you can give them a hug. Whatever that is. I'm talking about somebody you know. I'm not, not just going up to somebody in public and hugging them. So uh, self-care. Soul care and community care. And this week, you're going to write vows to yourself. What do you promise to yourself till death do you part? Well, I want to say in closing, after all you have survived, may today be the day your soul says to your heart, your mind, your body, your spirit, welcome home.